everyone. Welcome to the STEM Equity Network. My name is Catherine Friend and I have a fabulous guest for us today. Her name is Emma Caruso. She's a leader in the tech industry at a Suncorp and now she's moving into a totally different career, coaching other leaders to become the people that they want to be. Emma has been in Suncorp for about 17 years. She's a motivated and dedicated leader with diverse experience across Australian financial services sectors in both banking and technology. She's held multiple roles implementing business transformation and managing program delivery across infrastructure and digital platforms. Emma is well-versed in leading large globally distributed teams and building high levels of engagement and culture. She's actually co-written and implemented a graduate mentoring program which has seen over 120 graduates go through the program. She managed, fortunately, to maintain a balance between her career and being a mum. And also, she's been a keynote speaker on several occasions. Currently, she's taking a break from the corporate environment and focusing on what she loves, which is coaching, people, leadership, and her family. So welcome, Emma. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Catherine. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. So, Emma, just let's go into your career a little bit more and can you just tell me about some of the highlights about your career? Like, where did you start and how did you get into technology? And let's go deep into your career highlights. Sounds good. Straight after school, I started at Bank of Queensland uh, in a branch in the department. I was there seven and a half years. About three years before I left there, it was like, oh, would you like to come on comment as a tester into the technology department? We've got a new banking platform we want to deliver. Um, and I think a lot of people who go on secondments never really go back to what they did. So about three years after that, I left Bank of Queensland and I went to Suncorp, of which, uh, yep, I was there for 17 and a half years. I started as a tester and I left there in July last year as an executive manager. So 17 years, multiple different roles, all on the job training. And I also become a mum over that 17 and a half years as well. So for me, one of my biggest career highlights was starting as a tester and leaving as an executive manager. Was just, you know, if, I, if you had asked me when I started, what did I want to be? I would have gone, I have no idea. The fact that I left as an exec manager was, um, I was pretty proud of that. So moving through that career, was there like certain points and certain people involved that helped you step up into the next level? Yeah, definitely. So um, being a tester, I think I had Matt leave the first time and I was still in the testing role, but I was in a senior testing role. I only had three months Matt leave. I went back to work and my husband stayed at home the first time around. When I went back in, I kind of went into the team leader role of the testers, then uh, fell pregnant again by surprise quite quickly. (laughs) Uh, I stayed home the second time. When I went back, I had no idea what I wanted to do and I was full-time. I had an awesome leader at the time. He was very much in support of helping women re-enter the workforce after Matt leave. He actually created a job share for two of us girls together as project leaders. So I had worked out that's what I wanted to do after being on that leave. So he gave us the opportunity to come in and job share. Without him, A, I wouldn't have been able to try a new role. B, work flexible of three days a week. And of those three days, one of them I worked from home. Wow. Um, and he, um, I'd never worked with this other lady. So he saw something in the two of us that would work well. Um, And then from that, I had a great manager who looked after us. She was amazing, who helped kind of grow us into a project manager. 
from there, I had another person who was really supportive and reached out and said, I think you'd be a great program manager. And then from that, um, I had an exec manager who kind of went, you need to make a break to be a leader or delivery. At that point, I went on down the leadership role. But at each point, there has been someone who has guided me or supported me. Um, and without them, I wouldn't have achieved what I achieved at all. Yeah. Let me just acknowledge the fact that you're right. At each point in the steps moving up in your career, there has been somebody there. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's been like a, a mentor, a, like a formal mentor, but it's been someone to help pull you up in terms of your career. It's really interesting. But can I go back to when you had your children? Yep. That must have been a really tough time with your first child and then getting pregnant straight away and then taking that time off and deciding to be a full-time mum. Was there ever moments in there that was really hard for you to go back three months after having your first child? And let's delve into some of the tough parts of that as well. Yeah, for sure. We'd always made the decision that Matt, my husband, would stay home and I was always going to go back to work, loved work, always wanted to have kids, but that was just kind of one thing that we'd always thought about. So when Blake, my son, was born, I think I was only supposed to have three months off and I ended up having four months because I kind of got to the two, three months and went, I actually want another month at home. So it was really hard because I had decided I really love staying at home. But, I mean, it wasn't fair on that because that was kind of the agreement that we had made. When I went back, um, I was working one day from home. So Suncorp were amazing in supporting flexibility um, and especially parents that were wanting to come back from MAP or paternity leave. Hmm. So I still got that one day and I had Blake with me on that day. I just got into a really strict regime of how I worked and looked after him back in that day. He's nearly 16 next week, so it was a while <laughs> ago. But trying to adjust to, okay, oh, well, I want to be with Blake, but yet I'm actually back in the workplace. So it was just finding that balance. And, you know, I was still breastfeeding as well. So I would do a morning feed and then I'd do a night feed. But Matt would do formula during the day. So I still got my time with him, but then trying also to balance work. Um, and then, yeah, nine months. When he was nine months, I found out I was pregnant again. So it was like, wow, uh, I'm going to have two under 18 months. <laughs> and Matt was like, I'm tapping out. You can stay home. <laughs> but absolutely loved it. I actually thought I would really miss work. I didn't. Having that 12 months at home with both the kids was amazing. Blake did go to daycare one day a week. So it gave me the one day with my daughter. And then when I went back three days a week, I worked from home one day and I was in the office two days and the kids were in daycare two days. It was finding the balance to make it easier um, I don't think it's ever easy to leave your kids and go back to work no. or leave your job if you really love it either. Mm -hmm. But it was finding the balance. I worked with amazing people. I loved my job and I had amazing family support as well. I don't think we could have done it without our family support, yeah. um, which made it that transition a little bit easier. Yeah. So in your work life then, was there ever any kind of really tough times? I know talking to plenty of other people that – the times when you need to grow the most are the times which are the hardest, right? When you know you need to move, you need to make that leap of faith and push harder to get to the next level. Was there ever any times that were really tough and was there any times that maybe you were held back at all for any reason? Yep, so there's probably two that stand out in a negative way and then one in a positive way. Mm -hmm. One was when I was Bank of Queensland, moving from there to Suncorp. I had a um, female leader at the time and she was terrible. She was horrible. I wanted to grow and move on and saw potential and wanted to try new things. She was really not supportive of it and she was just really nasty. 
a lot of us ended up leaving not working for her. So for me, I found that really hard. I mean, I was only 21, 22 at the time, so I was kind of quite young. And, you know, at that age, when you are starting out, your leaders really make a mark on you. So I soon learnt what I didn't want to be or who I didn't want to work for. And she was just nasty. So for me, that was really um, pivotal in going, I never thought I would leave that job. Like I'd been there seven and a half years and loved working for the company. But uh, it's true what they say is people leave leaders, not organisations. And that's absolutely 100% what happened in that case. Can I ask then, like apart from being nasty and like, you know, that's, that's simple, but what made her not such a good leader? What was the things that was really, really bad about what she did? She was really unsupportive about development or if you choosing to do something different, she was really not supportive. She wouldn't let people do that. She wouldn't let me do that. Um, she was a micromanager. She yelled, <laughs> which, you know, there's a time and a place and I really don't think that's the time or the place. Mm-hmm. Um, she didn't lead. She wasn't inspirational. We didn't learn from her and she never shared or took you on the journey, which I think as a leader, that's our job, especially in, in the financial institution that we were in. Of course. So um, she just basically held you down. Sounds to me like she had a few issues of her own that she was dealing yeah. with. Took it out well, of even it. on the last day, she was like, you can get an hour break and then you have to come back to work. Like it's my last day. I've resigned. I'm not coming back after lunch. <laughs> like, what do you think I'm going to do? Like, Yeah. So, and it was quite interesting within six months, I think the whole team of 15 had left. So it said a lot about her as a leader. It wasn't just one person. It does. Yeah, okay. So let's move on to the next. The next, the next pivotal one was um, when I was a project leader wanting to move into a project management role. I was still part-time at that point in time. And my manager at the time said that I wasn't ready to be a PM and I would probably never be ready or make anything of myself. Oh, nice. And I went, Okay, well, that kind of knocks your confidence a little bit. And it wasn't just me. There was a couple of us at the same time. So I took that as motivation to prove him wrong. And I absolutely (laughs) did. Like when I left and had my farewell last year from Suncorp, he had left quite some time ago, but he was at my farewell. And he said, I always knew that you would do it. He said, but you needed to see that you could do it. So whereas I thought he was being nasty and tough love, he was actually doing it from a supportive aspect. I just didn't get that at that point in time. So he was challenging you basically. Yeah, and, you, and I did. Yeah. And you took the bait, let's face it. I did. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> As a you know, 27, 28-year-old wanting, you know, to develop their career and not thinking they could, I kind of, I think, uh, you know, he knocked me down for a little bit, but within the next three to six months, I picked myself back up and went, okay, what do I need to do? And I think that's where the people around you become really important and the people that you look up to or leaders that are supportive or inspire or your informal mentors, as as back then I probably didn't know they were my mentors, that's where they become really supportive. Mm. So let's look at mentorship then as well. So that guy probably thought he was mentoring you, but it was the way he did it that actually worked negatively. Depending on the person, something like that would have really motivated them to go forward but again somebody else would have sat there going oh my god you're right I'm just useless how can I ever be anything and so you know let's talk about mentoring then and some of the great mentors that you've had and that may be a formal mentoring relationship or just somebody who happens to be your colleague for instance who's helping bring you up like what are the things that they've done that have really brought your career forward 
There's probably um, three or four people over my career that have been really inspirational to me. One of them I did work with at Bank of Queensland and then we ended up working together at Suncorp and neither of us are there now, but we've stayed friends for over 20 years. He was always really good. He was a great sounding board. He kind of guided you to what your strengths and weaknesses were. He was really straight down the line. Like if you thought you could do it, he would tell me. If he didn't think I could do it, he would tell me. He was my advocate. So if he heard of a role that was coming up and it's probably one, a couple of my opportunities were from him having faith and belief in me. He put me in his leadership team in an acting role for a period of time, even though they was all Sydney based and I was Brisbane based. He gave me an opportunity to do that for six months and he goes, I think you can do it. If anyone can do it, you can do it. So he became a real advocate of me and um, probably about, yeah, two or three opportunities were from his support. And even to this day, if I've got something, I'll ring him. And when I was made redundant, you go through the change cycle, it's not the best. He was one of the first people I contacted just to kind of go, this has happened. And, you know, he taught me through the process. So he has been really inspirational and a motivation. So having an advocate, just always having faith that you can do what you can do also makes you believe that you can do that job as well. This is what you're saying? Correct. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Um, He gave me the confidence that I may have lacked myself. And I think um, that's what, for me, a mentor, an advocate or a coach are there to do, to help build you that confidence and actually see it in yourself. Hmm. So the next person? Um, Yeah, it was a manager at my time. I went in as a program manager and he said, I'm going to let you build a team as well. So I had two people. By the time I left him, I ended up with a team of about 12 or 18. Um, First time I'd ever been a leader. I was like, I'm not cut out to be a leader. I'm here to do delivery. And he's like, nope, disagree. So he saw something in me that I had not seen in myself. So I worked for him for about 18 months. And just the coaching and the development he did, I thought he was an amazing leader. So just the coaching, the mentoring he did with me, building my confidence up to be a leader, I left there with an engagement score of 98% with my team. Mm. So that's when he went, you need to decide, do you want to be a leader or do you want to do delivery? And he went, I think you should be doing leadership. Without that guidance from him and the mentoring from him, I would never, ever have got that. There was another, she was one of my leaders probably for about six or seven years on and off. She's been there through a lot of my career as a sounding board as well, just to help support me in certain situations going through different changes I think um at certain points in your your career though you do have other people that come in and out of roles as your mentor as well yeah I still keep in contact with a few of them even though they're not formal mentors but still help me so can I ask then going back to your leadership style I mean you grew a team quite quickly what were the wonderful things that you're proud of as a leader of that group Uh, One thing for me is I am the same person. I am at home. I am at work. I may need to put on a business persona, but my who I am, I stay true to who I am, my values and my beliefs. I'm very open. So when I'm at work, I will share what is happening with me personally. Um, And I found when I had a department of 300 people, I was in and out of the office as my daughter was a dancer. So I was away at competitions and stuff. So I always shared that little bit of what was happening in my personal life. And same when I was at home. The kids needed to know I was travelling for my job and as to why. One thing that a lot of people said is is I am authentic and transparent. So I don't try to be somebody I'm not. I am who I am. Also, I'll try and share as much information as I can if I know it. It's rather to know something little than not to know something at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And I never wanted anything to be a surprise with my teams. And I also 
looked at what I didn't like in leaders that I had worked for and didn't want to be a leader like that. So not that I modelled myself on their behaviours, but it was I knew what I didn't want to work for, so why would I want to be that type of leader? Well, exactly. And so what were those things that you were moving away from? Uh, micromanaging, dictating the really non-authentic people who try to be somebody that they're not. I don't like people that are really nice to your face but then stab you behind your back. Yes. So we'll be act like they're your friend but really they're one of your enemies. That were definitely probably the traits that I didn't like. And I also don't like yelling. No. Well, um, I don't like the blame game or throwing people under the bus. Um, so I would never, you know, blame something on someone else or go, it was this person. You know, you cop it on the chin. No, this is not business-like behaviour in the first place. But one thing I did hear you say is that you shared information with your team. And I think that in terms of leadership skills is a real skill because, you know, I certainly have had leaders who that's their form of power is that they withhold information. Yeah, and I guess one thing that stands out for me is I had an offshore team in India that one of my managers and I went to visit and they'd never met me, but they'd worked for me for about 12 months and I used to do a monthly update and a weekly email. When I got over there, they had a wall done up and it was they had used the persona of me and they had all these things of what I like, what I dislike, what my hobbies are, who my family are. And 99% of it was 100% me. And I kind of go, wow, you guys have got that persona and that much information just out of my updates. So obviously I am doing something right as a leader if that's what you guys have actually taken and the fact that you know that much about me and absorb that much about me. So for me as a leader, that was like a wow moment that I felt really proud of what I'd done as a leader. That looks to me like a lack of seagull management, which is great. (laughs) It means you've had that constant communication with your team, which is probably one of the best aspects of a great leader. Now can I just bring things back again? Can we move on to like a really tough part of your career, which sounds to me like when you made redundant? Yeah. So, um, you know, you go on a secondment, you always run the risk that your role that you want to go back to may not be there. But, um, you know, after 16 years in technology, I'd I'd always had on my plan to go into the business on a secondment or try something new. So I did. I took that risk and I spent 18 months in the bank. When I was due to go back into technology, my role no longer had existed due to restructures and change of direction and so forth. I mean, when I went from technology to business, I gave up my leadership role to try something completely different. No team. I was on my own, but I wouldn't give it back. Like I left there on a high. I was really proud of what I'd done. But I think 17 and a half years in a company that I loved working for, I loved the people I worked with, the flexibility and what I'd learned to kind of go... I knew it could happen, but I didn't think it would happen. It was really tough. Like I was leaving what I knew, who I knew. I had confidence in, in myself there, what I was doing and, and so forth, to then be kind of, you're on your own now. And I was like, I know that I can do the stuff that I do well at Suncorp. How am I going to do that on my own? I will say I had a really tough six months after with my grandma got sick um, and she passed away. We were renovating. My daughter had just made Worlds for Aerobics, so we were fundraising, and we had three months to go overseas. So I never dealt with the loss of being made redundant and the change cycle. I thought I had, and I was like, I'm, I've got this, I'm good. But I don't think I ever actually really connected with it in my mind what it meant. Um, my confidence dropped completely. And, and because I had so much going on, 
yeah, it was probably six months that it, it was probably the hardest and I'm probably only starting to come out of it probably now, kind of in the last two to three months. So when I got back from overseas with my daughter, I went into a contract role part-time. But it was probably then that I realised I hadn't dealt with a lot of the shock of being made redundant. I wasn't angry or anything and that, that I felt weird because normally when you go through a change cycle, you go through an anger phase. I never went through an anger phase. I went through a real disappointment phase that it had happened because I loved the company and I loved the people that I work for. And that's probably what I had to adjust to, that I've still got those friendships. I've still got the people. Mm-hmm. And it's time that I do just back myself and move on. But I think it's a massive confidence hit um, yep. and it's building that confidence back up. It's really tough. And look, to be perfectly honest, there is a lot of people in exactly the same position right this very second. There's a lot of people. Oh. Yeah, and yeah, my contract role was ended obviously recently because of all of this as well. And you kind of go, wow, that's two hits in like six months. But um, you learn a lot about yourself, I guess. And, and I'm doing coaching at the moment, but it was probably as I started doing my coaching assignments, that's when I realized I hadn't dealt with it, a lot of it that was actually going through my mind. Mm. Um, so uh, as a coach, you're so worried about your clients or as a leader, you're so worried about your team members or as a mum, you're so worried about your children, you kind of put yourself to the back burner a little bit or kind of close off and go, I actually don't want to deal with that or open that box. Okay, so this is giving you time to really reflect on things and figure out what you want to move on to. And Yeah, I'm not a person that likes to sit and do nothing and you can ask my best friend, um, he'll say that, and my husband and my kids, I don't like not doing anything. And at the moment, I'm having to do nothing and uh, having the kids at home and, and, you know, just taking time out for myself. It's like I will try and find things, but, yeah, you've got to think and you've got to unpack it and you've got to go through the cycles. Yeah, wow. As I said, there's a lot of people going through exactly the same thing that you're going through at the moment as well. And it is unpacking the cycles as well and getting through it and understanding really where you want to move to as well. Emma, I think I'm going to kind of start wrapping up at the moment, but what I'd really like to do is, given your career and your experience, I want to kind of pull out a couple of gems from you, things that you have done well, things that could be done better, but basically some practical tips and tricks that you think that will help bring some equality into the leadership teams for STEM businesses and careers. It sounds to me like you've had plenty of opportunities and you were given these opportunities by a number of different mentors. But, for instance, at Suncorp, was your leadership team equal or were you one of the only females? Can you kind of go into that and then give us some idea of um, some tips and tricks that we can move on with and practical things that people can use to bring the STEM leadership's balance? Yep. So um, probably the last 12 months to 24 months at Suncorp, yeah, um, the leadership was 50-50. It was um, equality. Suncorp was really big on the diversity and not only gender diversity but a lot of other diversity as well. Um, So they were very conscious of that. I think that's been a change of leadership over kind of, you know, the last five or so years. Um, I have never found working for them any disadvantage because of being a female leader or anything. One of my biggest gems is, especially when I was mentoring people, a lot of mums wanting to come back into the workforce is, hey, how do they adjust back or how do they make motherhood and their career work? And can you be an exec manager and a mum 
absolutely could. So for me, it was actually helping share my journey. Um, the work-life balance for me was one of the most important things and I presented a keynote on it at the end of last year. And it wasn't about the work-life balance, it was about the integration. So knowing that, yes, because I'm a mum, doesn't disadvantage me to anything or anyone. So how does that work? Really back yourself. If you think you can do it, make someone tell you you can't do it. So that was probably one of the things I learned from mentors. I always probably had in my head, I just sat back where my mentor that I've had for 20 odd years and, and good friend, he would say to me, why can't you do it? Like he would actually really test the boundaries. So it's having that person that will say to you, why can't you? other than why not so and I find as a leader or someone wanting to grow into a leader role you really need to have that in yourself I mean it's just having that confidence so surround yourself with people that can help support you either way tell you what your weaknesses or your strengths are or how you turn your opportunities some of it can also be the perception some I know that I was overlooked for some roles due to perception of people so it's like okay so take that and turn that into a well, I'm going to prove you wrong. This is actually the proper perception that you should have. So I think in any work environment, people do have perceptions and sometimes that can cloud people's judgment. But certainly in my career at Suncorp, it was amazing leadership and opportunity because people really saw who you were for a person and a leader. And that's why one of the girls I was mentoring her and I wrote the grad mentoring program because I was mentoring her at the time and she was like, this is so so good for people entering the workforce for the first time. So where you could do that for grads or leaders or um, parents returning back to work as well. Okay. And is the grad mentoring program still ongoing at Suncorp? It sure is, yeah. Another um, person took over the sponsorship of it when I left, so it's still going strong, which That's is great. And so then your business network at the moment, what is your business moving into? So what I'm looking at doing is um, consulting, coaching, facilitation and training and I've got a real strong delivery background behind me, also the passion for people, leadership and coaching. So I want to move into more of coaching um, leaders or people wanting to be in leadership roles or wanting career changes or helping people that have a problem like going into a company and looking at how they're running programs or projects and offering assistance and advice on how to fix things. I was always known as Little Miss Fix-It on projects that I was put into. So that's what I'm good at. Um, and just also inspiring leaders. Be that I never thought I'd be a leader, but yet when I left, the feedback I got from my teams was amazing. So I'm finding like, yep, I might not have some of the theory, but I have the practical experience in the workplace. And I think sometimes it's gold. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have the experience or the examples or the tools, I'm finding that practical experience is really important. It is. You can always get the theory. <laughs> thank you very much, Emma. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you for listening to the STEM Equity Network. We'll have another episode next week. Thanks, Catherine.